0: Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Raven Alexander and Shane Wyndham. Shane, what billboard hit did we cover this week?
1: That'd be a song called Numb Little Bug by M. Behold. (laughs) Why do you say it like that? I mean... Behold. For obvious reasons.
0: (laughs) Can I tell you I did not know the name of this song? I've been hearing it everywhere. Had no idea that this was the name of the song.
1: Yeah, I didn't actually catch the name until you hear the end slow down or whatever. Well, Well,
0: tell us what you thought about it.
1: uh, While I'm not sure how much of this artist I could take listening to, I enjoyed the song's melodious ease enough to mostly forgive its pop predictability. The lyrics should feel relatable enough to people who didn't love enduring the last handful of years on this planet. And you can see that the numb factor has taken hold as the apathetic dissonance of the song's smiley tune meeting its downtrodden words leave you casually unfeeling of five stars in spite of my own desire to not connect with the messaging sadly life's a sad sort of bitch at times and i even tried listening to our last night's alt metal cover of the song but found it only marginally more uplifting yourself rayburn
0: well i'm gonna give the dumb down version of that the cliff's notes as uh, as people would say it was a good song <laughs> i like it a, lot, a fast no. <laughs> This is cutesy and it totally normalizes depression. Though this may seem contradictory, the subject matter creates a cute sense of unity with the imperfect and acknowledging that we are all fucked up and knowing that's perfectly okay. I gave it three stars.
1: Tough
0: crowd, tough crowd.
1: Tough crowd, tough crowd. How
0: about we roll that intro? So, in honor of the holiday, let's get fucking sad. Let's just get real fucking sad with these artists.
1: These artists make you sad?
0: They do. I may or may not have bawled my fucking eyes out during this listener. Yeah,
1: I meant to ask, because you said that you cried, and Mm -hmm. I I was a little confused. I don't know. These take me places. Oh, they 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 took me places. they don't really make me sad.
0: Okay. There's... We'll we'll get to that. Okay. More more on that later. Let's talk about My Chemical Romance, the band that didn't make me cry, uh, but definitely made me cry a lot when I was about 14 years old, so.
1: Which, before we get going here, uh, My Chemical Romance was one of my ex's top 10 Mm -hmm. artists of all time. Yes. Given to us in a list, and I just happened to pair up against the used. Yep. For my own personal reasons, and apparently the expectation there was when the battle was found out about was that there's no way that My Chemical Romance would beat the used or that really much of anybody else was.
0: So you're in favor of the used?
1: No. Going into this? Her expectation is that no one can beat the used. Okay. Well, why the fuck is the used not in your top 10? Not your top 10.
0: 10. I don't don't know. maybe, Maybe that's a question for her. Maybe she'll come on. I don't know.
1: But I respect the reasoning. Nonetheless, let's move on.
0: The first album that we covered by My Chemical Romance was Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge from 2004. This was my middle album. Top. I gave it three fives out of 13 tracks.
1: 12. Gave it 12. (laughs) Why are you always act surprised? What hey, you, we agreed beforehand, right? We were we were rushing to get this done, and I didn't really rush my list, and I did what I always do, but yeah. we joked about just giving the artist a bunch of five stars. That's we what did. I'm doing, right? We did,
0: yeah. You're the only one that followed through with that, because like I said, I only gave it three. My top track was I'm Not Okay.
1: The Ghost of You.
0: Oh, so good. That was my backup. So good. And my bottom track was The Jet Set Life Is Gonna Kill You." Interlude. Yeah, this is during the um, let's make our song titles super long because that'll make them seem more interesting era.
1: Early 2000s.
0: Panic at the Disco did it, Fall Out Boy did it, and My Chemical Romance did follow suit. For me, this is emotional punk alternative rock. Let me see how uh, how many descriptive musical genre words I can fit into this. Do it. I love the album cover. I used to have a t-shirt of this album cover and it got stolen from me in middle school and i've never forgiven that person cody you know who you are um not codes oh well i probably shouldn't have said that i'm well aware (laughs) thanks um anyway back to the album some songs hit really hard but then others fall short right in the middle gerard way's vocals are different and definitely the star of the show For me, it sounds like he's speaking into one of those old 1930s voice boxes a lot of the time. Um, Faster paced with the exception of just a handful of songs on this album.
1: Uh, For me, this is blistering emo that's only grown more and more on me over the years. The mix can get a bit muddy and many tracks feel like variations on a singular theme, but it's deeply moving where it's not seriously rocking Uh, The breaks and emotional variety keep it listenable from start to finish. And Gerard's vocals, which should eventually be somewhat grating on this album, uh, they just keep bringing me back to this disc.
0: Little fun fact, since we're here. um, The Hell in a Music video, I wanted the exact same look, the exact same color scheme as my wedding when I was in junior high. So a funeral but make it a wedding.
1: She's making eye contact with me right now, but she's talking to you listeners because I'm not the music video <laughs> of the early 2000s Oh,
0: come on. person! <sighs> what a disappointment.
1: I wasn't the, the cutter who watched I the music videos either. and got real sad about the music.
0: Mm, Although a, the
1: ghost of you, a uh, deeply emotional point in my life. Yeah. I will admit that.
0: Yeah. Moving on to the Black Parade from 2006. This is my top album. Middle. I gave it, Five fives out of fourteen tracks.
1: Twelve again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my top track is "I Don't Love You," but I do have a runner-up, and it's "Cancer," the song "Cancer." That's my runner-up. Sleep. And my bottom track is "Blood."
1: I'll agree with that. Uh, "Cancer" kind of brings me down. Cancer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw that out there straight away.
0: It's such a pretty song, though.
1: What do you think about the album as a whole?
0: This is more produced, epically sounding. They get a little bit more theatrical here. Harmony is cut straight to the core, reminiscent of Panic's Fever You Can't Sweat Out with that vaudevillian inspiration. Um, an example would be Blood, which is the hidden track at the end of this uh, album. This is more military-oriented and larger, more polished sound. It's definitely a, an overall production.
1: This one's more somber and grown-up than the former. The mix is clear- The melodies are more noticeably varied, and there are more consistent holes in the wall of sound. Way's vocals really shine here, but it does give some stage play vibes. Some fives are weaker, with certain songs being more predictable or less bombastic. A lot of death on this disc. Yeah. Not sad for me, necessarily, just tough to listen to. Okay. It's a dark place. I don't really think that I get all that sad anymore. Maybe that's the issue.
0: You just can't, you feel like you've lost the relating to music like this or or the subject matter.
1: I think what I've realized lately is I am just a genuinely happy person at this point <laughs> I'm in sorry. life. I know. I'm sorry. I, it's it's going to be a big surprise to a lot of people.
0: I mean, I've known you to be very happy, but I feel like I get all the shit because I'm just, I'm Little Miss Pep all the time. And you're just like, all right, There's a difference
1: down. between Pep and happy.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm on I know show. some
1: super sad people who are purposely peppy all the time Just fake it till you make it type of thing. That's not oh, what this is.
0: 100% believe in that mentality. Anyway, moving on to the next album. It's Danger Days from 2010. This was my bottom album. Agreed. I gave it three fives out of 15 tracks. Nine. My top track was Scarecrow. Summertime. And my bottom track was the skit Look Alive, Sunshine. Which starts the album.
1: For me, it was the skit, Goodnight, Dr. Death.
0: That was at the end of the album, right?
1: That instrumental mm-hmm. in there, I could live without. If you just made it 10 seconds or so, we'd be okay. Yeah. I, part of me doesn't want to hate it completely because it, it's serving its purpose there, but I hate it. I actually gave it a one.
0: Wow. That's like disdain for you. Yes. <laughs> This is more rock and electronic. Um, They definitely add a lot more electronic elements here, but still remaining to be a little bit more playful. But so much is going on. It's overproduced. The alien space element is a bit strange. And I don't see the reason to add skits in the last album that we covered. I just felt that they were out of place. And I think that that holds true because both of us voted the skits as being our bottom track.
1: There are some artists that have done skits that I like. This is definitely not one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as the album goes, talk about stylistic whiplash, man. This one requires some serious adjustment of expectations to appreciate. And I can see why some fans might feel strong distaste toward it, even though it is very highly reviewed by the the fart sniffers in the review communities. I think what most of them want, by the way, is for sad bands or metal bands to mm-hmm. turn into these like bright, poppy, sunshiny bands. And then they mm-hmm. just, their music is great, right? That's that's always been my takeaway.
0: Because they're conforming to the, the popular trends and music of today.
1: They're all hoping that everyone turns into REM eventually. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> kind of my...
0: Well, I have the same problem with Panic's new album. I was severely disappointed when Panic's new album came out because I feel like that Death of a Bachelor album was just like the tippity top. Um, And I thought that he would, you know, that band was going in a really good direction. And then you hit um, the Hey Look Ma, I Made It album. I forget the name of it. Um, It's
1: Pray for the Wicked.
0: Pray for the Wicked. Thank you. I should know that. But then you get to this album and it just sounds so poppy. It sounds so overproduced. It sounds so far from his personal preferences that it almost feels like the band did a complete 180. And I think that that's what I'm feeling with My Chemical Romance on this third album is it just feels like they just, they've just they gotten so far from, from where they started or where they were even going.
1: Well, to quote way outside of, uh, <laughs> it's not a direct quote because I don't have a direct quote. I didn't You're think I was going to be talking about this. You're the fact girl. But I did see at one point where he said uh, he didn't really care if fans responded negatively or if people weren't feeling it. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, tune out. This is where I am now. And this is the music that we want to make. I completely respect that. Yeah, uh, that,
0: that holds a level of respect to stay true to your art, regardless of the general consensus conses- consensus and opinions of the population. So, I mean, hats off to him.
1: And the disc, uh, think Blondie doing a bunch of Misfits-inspired songs. It's bright, punkish, beachy, and fairly alien to the other albums we covered here. If you've heard the Phenomenon album by Thousand Foot Crutch, then this might feel familiar, but with some angels and airwaves undertones telling you it's a weird one. I like it, but can't love it because both lyrics and melodies have a tendency toward weakness, especially when compared to the former albums, and the skits felt fully skippable. Uh, it's it's pop rock decent. It occasionally reminded me of The Killers, mm-hmm. which while I did appreciate, I have The Killers.
0: Yeah, a couple of things that I want to note is My comical Romance is touring again. Um, Gerard Way is doing some weird shit. He's dressing up in drag a lot in his live performances now. Um for those of you that want to sort of see his other artistic avenues, I know I've talked about it before, but he did create a comic called The Umbrella Academy, which Netflix has made into 3 seasons. Check it out. Um he also does the music for the show as well. So it's it's interesting how he made that jump from music to, to publishing, to now television and having a partnership with Netflix. Mm-hmm. So he's not doing bad. Um, but this band reminds me of a difficult time in my life. My, my parents were going through shit. My dad and my mom were living in two, two different houses. It was the epitome of, fuck you, mom, fuck you, dad. I'm going to do what I want to do and the whole world sucks. Uh, I'm Not Okay, the song off the uh, Mm -hmm. first album that we covered, 100%. That's how I felt, like, world doesn't understand me. And, yeah.
1: (laughs) Boy, were we in different places. (laughs) (laughs) It
0: holds holds a lot of nostalgia for me, and it just takes me back to being that scared like 12-year-old kid of not knowing what's going to happen. Am I going to – I I was at the precipice of where my life was going to go. Was I going to – have a life where my parents weren't together and I was going to start this whole different journey about like possibly having two different families to celebrate like two different holidays with. Where do we go from here?
1: I feel like I'm your therapist right now. Oh my God. We're going down this rabbit hole of your life story.
0: Oh, well, I was just trying to, you know, give the listeners, you know, something that they can relate to me about.
1: Interesting. Again, I'm going to be fact boy. I don't have this written down, but I'm pretty sure that the comic initially spun off from the Danger Days effort. Mm -hmm. And I really... I sounded really negative about Danger Days. Again, keep in mind, I did give nine fives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll agree with, I, I think that it grows on you. And one of the most brutal metal bands I've ever seen live, which was Trivium. Mm-hmm. I want to say their guitarist listed it in one of the top five rock albums the year that it came out. You just don't expect that, especially yeah. when it has taken this turn towards... Bright shiny music uh, music makes me feel like I went to a circus that also showcases alt-metal music
0: that vaudevillian Theatrical so we're on the same page. We're on the same page mm-hmm. same understanding but uh, yeah, let's let's give three cheers for my chemical romance and
1: uh, They have a new single out came out this year. It's called the foundations of decay.
0: Did you listen to it?
1: Yeah, I was enjoying this listen so much that I did go on to listen to the new single. <laughs> I could not help myself. Yeah. There's a lot of music out there. Otherwise, I would have. Uh, I actually think if they embrace the darker direction, the, the more epic, dark direction of that new single, that that's exactly what I would want for their future successes. It's it's not necessarily a return to form mm-hmm. so much as it is a uh, like a diving into a new branch of the sound which i feel like they did on danger Days, so i don't want to knock it too much for a group that takes chances they manage quite a bit of consistent listenability and while i'm not the sunshiny pop type who'll ever pretend that danger days is some sort of necessary evolution much as with afi i respect that they're not afraid to gamble occasionally assuming their reunion sees a lasting return to form i still think this group has a lot of worthwhile noise to make the kind which nearly no one else could successfully mimic let alone continue to imagine in their absence.
0: All right, hot takes.
1: Eulogy complete.
0: Well, I think we've said enough about my chemical romance. Why don't we take a break and then move on to the used. For shizzle. Shizzle. Just fucking chatting away in there, like a bunch of cackling hens, aren't they? Yeah. Love it. Love that they like each other. All right, moving on to our top.
1: Did you like? I didn't add anything. Yeah. To add. <laughs>
0: I tried to. I try to. I'm just. I feel like I'm fishing constantly every yeah. time we do this. I did not get lucky. Anyway, moving on to our top songs, uh, top song list. Shane, what did uh, what did you choose for your top song list?
1: songs to kill with fire.
0: And do you want me to go first? Absolutely. All right, I figured. So, my top song to kill with fire is Rico Suave by Gerardo, with the exception of the first sentence of this song. It is trash, and I have no idea why it was so popular. The song came out in December of 1990, and it was the equivalent of that You know, top that song that was in Teen Witch, If You Know You Know. And even that song was better than this. I still remember my mom singing this growing up, but never quite managing to get past that first line. You say it's because she can't speak Spanish. I say the song isn't good enough for her to give a shit.
1: I'm going to have to go listen to this now, because I know what you're talking about, but I've not heard it since I was a kid. Rico.
0: Suave. And that's it? That's all it's got?
1: Buckle up. (laughs)
0: Strapping in, strapping on. Let's go.
1: So the song I chose for story time this month. Story time, yeah. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Uh, Bubble Toes by Jack Johnson. Really? Yeah. I still feel like I'm rolling the dice with this apparently hot take. Uh, But let me tell you, I was shooting pool at hooligans one night with some of Joel's high school friends. This was during my single days, and I found myself successfully flirting with a cutie whose friends also had a table on the second story of that wonderful dive bar. Eventually, however, we took a trip to the jukebox and I let her select half of what I paid for. None of the were great picks, you know, mm-hmm. but the memorable standout was Bubble Toes, a song that's always struck me as a vapid waste of time beyond the first listen's meager novelty. After that, I just remember purposely getting drunk, limiting my interactions, her looking less and less attractive as her picks played, and her cutting up with Joel about how great a song Bubble Toes is. <laughs> This is honestly a song I abhor so strongly that it wouldn't even allow me to have beer goggles for someone whose physical appeal was so strong that she'd never need them if not for her taste in music. I didn't take her home, didn't even get her number, I'm pretty sure I wound up on a downstairs bar stool with some strangers that night just to avoid the shallow reality that I didn't want to fuck a Bubble Toes fan. And I'm still turned off by the fact that I undoubtedly have fucked at least one according to nearly everybody I have this conversation with. Kill It, Kill It With Fire. It's not as bad as most songs on this list, uh, but I can't even push rope to this four-minute bit of blech.
0: Oh, my God. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Bubble Toes Makes Me Limp. <laughs> I'm getting you a shirt that says Bubble Toes Makes Me Limp.
1: And bubble Toes, and it's just a dude <laughs> pushing rope.
0: <laughs> Merry Christmas.
1: Genuinely pushing rope, not the... <laughs> yeah.
0: Happy Holidays.
1: <laughs> Let's go talk about the U's.
0: I'm bad I'm at. Let's go. it now god i love that expression pushing rope it's so funny all right let's talk about the used first album that we covered by the used was their self-titled album the used from 2002 this was my bottom album
1: this was my top album
0: i gave it three fives out of 14 tracks 13 my top track was on my own
1: buried myself alive
0: and my bottom track was say days ago
1: polly Polly.
0: All right. This is alternative indie rock. This has some screamo and emo elements that were very popular in the early 2000s. Fast-paced the majority of the time, but those songs where they include string instruments are truly special. Sounds young and... I'll say it again, emotional.
1: This isn't for everyone. If you hate Screamo, definitely check out of this album. But if you're into the early work of groups like Thursday, Cauterize, Thrice, Matchbook Romance, or Hawthorne Heights, then this is an absolute must-hear. The mix can be rough at times, the dissonant guitar chimes in a bit too often, but it's a wickedly solid spin of harmonic variety. If all you know and love is the taste of ink, you won't be disappointed in the rest of this disc.
0: Moving on to the next album that we covered by The Used. It's their In Love and Death album from 2004. This is my top album. Middle. I gave it five fives out of 12 tracks.
1: 12.
0: God, it's been a while since I've done that.
1: And I will point out, if not for one of the hidden tracks, which was technically a skit on that last album, Mm -hmm. would have also been a perfect rating. I thought someone was chomping at the bit over there not to point out my perfect rating but to talk about the 13th track on this album oh which, i'm
0: gonna talk about it
1: okay just make sure
0: i'm gonna talk about it but i want to do over for that because i literally just put your son down to bed and we were playing blues clues so i'm gonna go for for nostalgia purposes thanks
1: i like that all right That's so much better <laughs>
0: My top track on this album was Light with a Sharpened Edge,
1: Sound Effects and Overdramatics.
0: And my bottom track was Take It Away,
1: Cut Up Angels.
0: This is romantic. It reminds me a lot of teenage love, where everything is new, strange, and intense. More lighthearted, but it kind of straddles the alternative pop line. And speaking of the 13th track, The Used. Did an Under Pressure cover with My Chemical Romance? Say what? It's
1: a Queen song.
0: Which is, but it's it's not bad. The cover's not bad. I was very surprised. I'll
1: agree. Uh, again, was enjoying myself so much. I listened to this track as well, even though we don't do the I did it the too. bonus tracks. I did it. Right? I couldn't
0: resist. I scrolled down and I saw Under Pressure featuring My Chemical Romance. I was like, Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna
1: listen to it. Oh yeah, I gave it a five. Oh my bad. Yeah. I didn't realize you were done. <laughs>
0: no, I'm done. <laughs>
1: Normally, your excitement of that level has. I more mean, I
0: I reached the precipice. Now I'm now I'm trying to bring myself back
1: okay. down. Okay, smooth finish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this album feels more mature and accessible thanks to its softer edges and its stylistic diversity. So in the previous album, you had harmonic variety. This one, you've got stylistic diversity. There's more instrumental spacing and flair among said space. The vocals may still put screamo haters off at times. And I remain partial to the debut because some of the variety here leans in an odd direction. But it's essentially another near flawless listen.
0: I mean, it got a pow, 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 so there you go. The next album that we covered by The Used is Lies for the Liars from 2007. This was my middle album. Bottom. I gave it four fives out of 12 tracks. 10. My top track that I have listened over 10 times since I heard it is Smother Me.
1: I can respect that because it's a damn good song. Mm -hmm. Earthquake.
0: Earthquake, I also gave a five. I can respect yours. My bottom track was The Ripper.
1: It's crossed out here because I initially forgot about the, <laughs> the hidden track. Oh, God. Which is kind of a joke. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Queso is mm-hmm. my bottom track. It would otherwise be The Ripper. It's really the only flaw in an actual song in this entire listen.
0: Well, if I want to, if I really want to pick this apart, Smother Me is actually like a six minute song. Which after the first like four and a half minutes, it stops, you think the song is over, and then it comes back with some bullshit of like this Hispanic rap thing that they were trying to do.
1: And that's the hidden track. That's queso.
0: Oh, I I didn't count I didn't count that uh, as an individual.
1: What's funny? I, is
0: I just man.
1: I downloaded this album. Mm hmm. Right back in the day Mm -hmm. you just download it yeah and the initial release that I had my hands on was the one that had all of the b-side songs on it too yeah so this was just slightly over the middle of the album that I had and I thought I had one of those songs that someone had it was like a bad burn yeah you know because it's just a bunch of silence and then there's bullshit people trying to
0: sneak in their own demos on that shit
1: this is not this is not the used. I don't I don't think this little hidden track is but it is. I like I listened to it now and I realize that queso I think is there so that it can like if you had the disc on repeat, it would immediately come back into the ripper. Yeah. And while we're on the topic, because there's a lot of shit I didn't write down here, I'm only gonna say this one thing. I'm sorry.
0: Don't apologize. Go ahead.
1: The Ripper is a great song, except for the chorus. It's the chorus that I, I can't I can't dig. Yeah. And we actually used to joke about Pretty Handsome Awkward because mm-hmm. it sounds almost exactly like a song that uh, my dudes and I wrote back in the day called Riding My Big Wheel. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same fucking song. Which one came first? Ours did.
0: Ah, You're I'm expecting kidding. royalties I'm in no, the mail? No,
1: theirs came first, but I didn't hear it until years later. So,
0: For me, Lies for the Liars is theatrical, more hard or classic rock here, but still has that alternative flair It's epic. The production value is massively increased. Earthquake makes me feel like I'm floating in an empty ocean on a moonlit night. Vocals sometimes remind me of Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy. And the last things that I will say about this album, Earthquake, Smother Me, and Find a Way are truly, truly special songs to me. Earthquake kind of got me my feels. Then I got smacked with Fire Away. And by the time I got to Smother Me, I was a giant ball of emotions not necessarily sad emotions but it got me feeling a lot i mean i've f- i fucking texted you and i was like the used is making me feel some things it's i making assumed me cry.
1: i assumed that the crying was either tracks from this album or it was the queen cover that also featured my chemical romance no. i figured it had to be lies for the liars though yeah uh, and i'm gonna kind of back up some of what you're saying mm. am i cutting you off here
0: no i was just gonna say this would have been my top album If it would have been as consistent as In Love and Death, uh, these handful of songs hit me really hard on this album. And I will probably say I will listen to those songs more than I will like the entirety of the In Love and Death album. But it was just more consistent for me. Mm.
1: Although I think this is a high quality album beyond the first track, uh, it's easy to put at the bottom for me. Uh, This has much more mainstream appeal, less screamo, but also less heavy hitting alt metal vibes. Instead, it's more in line with Radio Alternative from the mid-2000s. One thing I adore here, though, is how they begin nailing love ballads. And the inclusion of sound effects as replacement for instrumentation in places is done quite well. While not all fives are strong, this is still one that most people would thoroughly enjoy. I actually think if you don't know much of the used, and if you're not into Screamo... This is probably what you should come listen to. Just make sure you get past the first few tracks. Yeah, that
0: that first one was rough. And then I,
1: it's going to be your bag.
0: I was really worried when I started the album at that first track, which is The Ripper, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be a nightmare because I, I rated it a two. Mm. And then I, I got to the next track. And I'm like, all right, all right, you're, you're, you're doing some work. All right, I appreciate that. And then by the end of the album, I was like, holy crap, I walked away with at least... At least four or five solid good songs which the only experience that i had with you used really was the bird and the worm which came from this album mm-hmm. uh we used to play it on rock band or guitar hero
1: this guitar hero
0: guitar hero that was like your song that you were like let's play bird and the worm and ever since then i i liked that song but i just didn't deep dive on any of the used and i'm very glad i did
1: i remember when the taste of ink came out on the radio uh, and that got me into their debut. I fell off, picked back up on Lies for the Liars. So this was my first time hearing in Love and Death. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, their music makes me feel like I'm covered in painless flames.
0: I like that. Picturing you in like blue flames. I See, I why. feel like
1: I'm fishing over here sometimes and all I'm going to get back I is like. I like that. I like that.
0: I'm, I am honest. I like, crowd, it's creative. tough crowd. Tough crowd, tough crowd. Why don't, do you have anything else you want to say about the years aside from? I do. Okay, keep going. Uh,
1: This group is one I'm pretty familiar with, even if I feel like I've somewhat outgrown my surprise at how consistently their songs function as enjoyable rides. Though not my favorite musical theme park. It's nice to be reminded that this is one with almost no dull moments. And first timers are in for a real treat. Again, assuming that you like Screamo's energetic angst. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So who won for you, Rayburn?
0: The Used.
1: Really? Uh-oh. I wasn't keeping track of your M C R fives. <laughs> I just assumed that it was going to be my yeah, chemical romance.
0: So did I. That uh, that last album hurt hurt them more than I expected them to be. Um because I hadn't heard any of the new album. I didn't know what to expect. I knew that he that they were doing some stuff, but I'd never heard the last one. And it it, it, it definitely hurt them, whereas the used last album really did some phenomenal work for me. So It was close. It was very close, but The Used came out on top, and I am not mad about it. I love both of these bands, and I will be listening to a lot more of what I didn't know and a lot more of what I already did know.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's this... It would have been this entire row in my room of albums from back in the day. Yeah. Like If you ever actually heard, you'd probably just have this brand new appreciation for the time in which you grew up and Mm -hmm. didn't have exposure to a lot of this music. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes me wish that we would have started talking about music a little earlier than what we did, mm-hmm. because I feel like we we truly missed out um, to an extent of, of having more bands in common at the yeah. time.
1: Uh, I would mention, I didn't write it down, but the song Listening from In Love and Death, it was really hard to not say that was my top pick for the album. Mm-hmm. And... That self-titled album, what it reminded me of energy-wise and recording like the sound and the feel and the vibe, completely different artists, completely different kinds of music. But the Walk Among Us album by Misfits, Mm -hmm. that raw, this is our talent, this is what we are. Yeah. That hits so hard with the used. They won for me, but only by two fives. It was extremely close. That's
0: what I'm saying. (laughs) This matchup, man.
1: So I'm I'm happy with this week. Regardless, uh, my Chemical Romance came with 33 fives. I can't be mad at that at all. No, um, had never heard Danger Days, so that was a treat.
0: It was definitely interesting.
1: It grew on me, like now, I said.
0: Now that I know that like Umbrella Academy came after Danger Days, and Danger Days kind of inspired Umbrella Academy, I can see like the the alien aspects of it, like the sort of um, celestial influences yeah. there. So it makes me curious to go back and possibly listen to that album again, keeping what I know about um, Umbrella Academy in mind and be like, oh, okay, so that makes more sense.
1: I felt a lot of AFI vibes for My Chemical Romance with, with, in terms of what they're doing. Yeah. The difference is AFI has gone on to produce three or four times as many albums as My Chemical Romance has. Oh, so okay. it's easy to pick like those winners and not so much the Roll of the Dice albums, Some of those I do still love from AFI.
0: Yeah, but the lead singer didn't go on a hiatus for a while. I know. Way
1: did. It's okay. Shit happens. I'm just
0: saying, I mean, they've been consistently making music, whereas Michael McCormick sort of took a back seat and they were just kind of figuring it out for a while. Yeah. I think that happened over 10 years.
1: And these are also more different groups than mm-hmm. I initially assumed in my head for some reason. When you sit down and actually listen to them, they're they're very different, even if they do work together and tour together and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So maybe if nothing else, go give our top tracks a listen and see what you think uh, next month.
0: Yeah. Enough about My Chemical Romance and The U's. What are we talking about next month?
1: So what we drew was Fall Cat, mm-hmm. which was... One of my aunt Sandra's picks.
0: They sing "Slow Ride," right? They
1: do sing "Slow Slow Ride," ride. and I would be interested to know how much foghat she knows apart from "Slow Ride." I'm pretty sure "Slow Ride" is one of her favorite songs of all time, and that's probably why
0: I'm getting like uh, not fast times at Ridgemont High, Um, dazed and confused. confused.
1: Have you seen? Which
0: is very on brand for Sandra (laughs) to say.
1: Have you seen "Everybody Wants Some"?
0: Yes. This this eighty sequel to yeah, Days to Confused, the
1: spiritual successor the the baseball team. What
0: did you think about that?
1: I didn't know what to think initially when okay. I first watched it. I mean, I wanted more character variety, and mm-hmm. I wanted more representation of this and that. You know, because you got it better in Days to Confused. But going back and rewatching it, man, it's a fucking trip. I love it.
0: I might need to go back and watch it because I remember watching Everybody Wants Some and being disappointed because unlike dazed and confused you felt invested in each and every character even that bitch that was like suffer sister suffer like you're like what is that girl's deal when it came to everybody wants them i'm like okay so i only care about like three characters in this whole movie
1: there's a lot of dude energy in that one yeah you know it's the the
0: baseball the baseball team whereas the first one they were they were all football players but they didn't rub it in your face that they were like football players.
1: It was also a college film versus a mm. high school and like high school dropout yeah. you know, type film. So you really do get that difference in emotion. College was not this mind expanding thing for everybody. For a lot of people, it was like, get drunk and fuck. And that's, that's what that movie was. <laughs> uh, the other artist I have paired up against Foghat is Blue Oyster Cult. So for BOC who wrote the Pussy Song, if you've not seen The Stoned Age, I apologize, but the albums I chose for Blue Oyster Cult, Agents of Fortune from 76, Spectres from 77, and Fire of Unknown Origin from 1981.
0: We are really doing some bands that inspired some stoner movies. That's all I'm going to say. Yep.
1: And okay. that's how we're going into the finale is with this too. Fog Hat's going to be their self-titled from 72, Fool for the City from 1975, and In the Mood for Something Rude from 82. So join us in a month, and we will cover that shit, along with a brand new song list and another Billboard hit.
0: I'm totally looking forward to this crazy ride next month.
1: I'm not sure that we've gone this classic rock.
0: No, I think the closest we got was like Aerosmith. Yeah, and we covered. I mean, well, people, we covered some people would say stuff. Led
1: Zeppelin, Pink Floyd type stuff, but yeah. This this makes me think that I'm walking into electric light orchestra or something. Like, it's going to be that. We'll see. Anyway, carry us out. I apologize.
0: All right. That's going to do it for this week. Hit up our playlist on Spotify, visit our merch shop, and share our show with your friends. Come find us on social media and let us know what you think. And until next time, fill your world with music.
1: And make sure this holiday season, you give that push and rope shirt to someone you love.